Okay, Kenny. It's been a while. Wow. It has been a while. Wow, yeah. man. Cheers. Yeah, cheers to the one of the best. Uh, no, one of the best. The best coffee I've had in my life. Mm. So we were just drinking a coffee called Tigre. Okay. From a produce, producer in Panama called 90 Plus. 90 Plus. And they have a variety of coffees starting not inexpensive, but going up to uh, at this point about thirteen thousand dollars per kilo on coffee how how do you the question is how do you procure something like that like you do you have to go into the rainforest you know take like five flights to go to <laughs> panama and then you know talk to the middleman and then if you look trustworthy enough to the middleman they get you to the the head man and then then you get your coffee well you know that was the way it happened uh up until the last couple of years so um coffee has always been like a commodity product mm -hmm. and uh you know like from the colonial area era where it was commodity shipped on, yeah. on you know those old style boats and everything and as this third wave of coffee came up where people were, they wanted to be able to taste the origin, they wanted to know where it was from, they wanted to hear the story okay. of the people who produced it. Uh, these, you know, the top professionals in the coffee world would have access to some of these coffees, but nobody else would. It was, right. it was really rare. Yeah, that is like, that, you know, that's the advantage you got, like in, in every trade, man. Like yeah. same, same with sushi, you know, like in the really top high-end sushi in uh, Tokyo, for example. I think the difference in in cooking is minimal when you're at that level and mm. it's more about the your relationship with the fishermen and how you are able to get the, the best cut ever. It's a bit loud, huh? Yeah, a bit loud. No, that's number one actually. Okay, number two. Number so, two. I got so um, you. okay. You yeah, good? access to these incredible ingredients in the culinary world is is very much the same. And same with wine. Same with with same. Uh, you know, whiskey and all this stuff. But what happened with with coffee was that there began to be an interest in the origin, much like there had been in the wine industry for years and years. Like everyone knew you want, you know the different areas of France produced a certain type of... Yeah, right, right. right. The concept of uh, terroir, yeah. as the, the French call it, is like the yeah. where it's from. In in France, in Burgundy, right? Mm. Yep. They they have this system like like planned out like like about, I, I, would, I would say about 200 years ago, it was already done. It was done by the normal people then, mm. but thousand years ago is already done by the monks yeah, yeah. The, the monks had nothing to do you know they were all, they, they were just praying and then they had all this time like to do this trial and error like okay i i planted this grape on this hill and mm, it was okay and then i plant another plot of grape on like another pl plot and it was like wow it was like way way better that's right that's right and so much of that was just accidental because they yeah. had at that point they weren't that scientific about it no they were just going all. by feel yeah and um so what happened with with this one variety of geisha this coffee it's yeah. called geisha it's a variety um suddenly it 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 had appeared traditionally in ethiopia and maybe some of the countries yeah. around ethiopia yemen but i think ethiopia primarily as far as as far as i know 
And somebody, I forget who exactly, they took it to other countries and planted it. And Panama, it just like, once Geisha got to Panama, like something extraordinary happened because of the the nature of the terroir there with the Atlantic Ocean and the Pacific Ocean mm, the and the mountains, breeze, the volcano, oh. the lush forest, incredible land. And at coffee competitions, uh, some of these world-class baristas who had access to this coffee started to win every single championship just because this, this coffee was so dramatically different than the, okay. you know, the traditional coffees. And now what's happening is mm. uh, because Gesha was able to get a good price on the market compared to other coffees that uh, people are planting it everywhere, even in Thailand. In like I, I know they have it in Nan and Chiang Mai. They're planting this. Okay. But it takes years for it to develop, mature. Right. right. But uh, now you can just go online. You can go on Shopee or Lazada and find like 10 different kinds of Gesha here in Thailand. But two years ago, you couldn't find anything. Like okay. very hard to find. So... This is a fourth wave of coffee now. Okay, this is the fourth coming, the, yeah. f the coming of the the coffee Jesus Christ. Yeah. This is, yeah, because I've read some history on coffee. I actually did a little bit of homework. It's like, okay, it I know is it originated from Ethiopia, and then it went to Yemen, and then in Yemen they had this town called Mocha. Yeah, and that's where like they you know they sell coffee to all all over the world, right? Yeah. And uh, but that's about that's about as much as I know. And then so now, Geisha. coffee traveled the world via these traders, right? Back you know, sixteen hundred, seven hundred, eighteen hundred. That's how it wound up in Indonesia. The Dutch brought yeah. it brought it to Indonesia, exactly. Yeah. Right, and and it made all these movements like a Turkish coffee and all these. It Vietnam. just spread out. Africa, Kenya, all these different places. Colombia, Brazil, mm -hmm. uh, Honduras. I mean all over the place now and each particular country has its own characteristic yeah. and uh and the best coffees from each country are usually these really incredible experiences so mm. the the tigre which we just drank mm. is such an exotic erotic coffee it that is it is at first your brain's telling you, I'm drinking coffee, it doesn't taste like coffee, what's going on here? And then you start to adapt to it, and okay. then, then your glasses, you're on to the last sip, and you're like, oh shit, man, yeah. am I ever going to taste this again, or what? Oh man, I, I need more already, it's like, it's like, it's like, it's not really like part, party in my mouth, it's more of like a discovery of like yeah. some new flavors in my mouth you know because party would be something else but this is <laughs> this is something more more surreal i think like a little bit more conservative in yeah. in, in in its in this field so i guess it's a little bit savory mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. so it, it's kind of like it, rem it it makes me enjoy it the same way i enjoy like uh what do they call like comfort food <laughs> right it gives me that like this oh. is like comfort food like wow. like grandma's cooking or something and the one that you're drinking now it's so good it's called cambera cambera which is okay. a traditional kind of uh panama geisha it's really delicious and Mm, it's more reasonably priced it's like when i go to coffee shops right and then they say okay this brew tastes like hazelnut um 
chocolate and all that stuff, but you never actually taste yeah. them because the coffee is like is is not as good. And this one, you can really like start to imagine. Okay, I'm yeah. I'm smelling this. I'm tasting like something. It's very complex. So, I gotta mm. say, the coffee industry has more fakes, more fucking bullshit people than like probably even more than like the fashion industry. And, and yeah. Right? And yeah. And what I mean by that is like there's a very low cost of entry to to do coffee. You just get some beans and, and you're in. Promo the fuck but out of it. I'm like you, like it must have happened to me a hundred times where somebody gave me this whole song and dance. This coffee it's got rose and it tastes like uh, watermelon and then you're going to taste lemon. And I'm like, man. I'm not getting shit. No, no. Yeah. So that's like They're, false advertising. False advertising. It's a lot like wine too, you know, mm. like with the natural wine movement. Yeah. It's like the labels are like cute and it's aimed towards like the younger crowd. And like sometimes it doesn't really taste, it even taste good, you know. But some of the good ones, the ones that don't yeah. fuck about the ones the ones that are they're doing it for real so they serve something there's something good something amazing yeah I and mean, that's why if if coffee interests you or if wine interests you or if great food interests you it really pays to put a little bit into it mm-hmm. so that when you've learned enough and you can differentiate between like what is just like fluff fluff yeah and what's like somebody's put some hard work into producing something f- from their heart that's really really good you know once yeah. you have a little bit of knowledge you you can you know really? it's good yeah yeah but the palette you have to really um it's a palette is something that it's like you always have to stimulate it yeah you have to train it yes that's true you always it's like a muscle that you yeah. always have to use you know just so you can and, and then it's it's just subjective too so like if somebody if somebody really believes their coffee is amazing and they love it, man, I'm like, um, it's great. You found something you love. Mm-hmm. It could actually suck in reality, but I mean, it's so subjective. Like, who's to say? Yeah, you know, it's like music, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Very much so. But having said that, the geisha like is like on top of the world right yeah, in the Geisha's coffee amazing. world right now. And now there's also some other varieties that are just beginning to come come around. Okay, well, um, it's got some cool names as yeah, well. Yeah, I can't even pronounce them. Like the destroyer, <laughs> like uh, there's there's know. a bunch of stuff, and uh, a lot of these coffee varieties were mm. engineered by scientists to avoid certain kinds of uh, like uh, like faults. Yeah, like rust. There's this like. Uh, fungus that kills coffee it's it's called uh, rust or something okay and so a lot of these plants were genetically engineered to combine with other varieties to to ex- to grow better in various uh environments uh. and some of those became like you know that, those were like discoveries that is this recent like uh, uh the, this, no, this started, new strain against rust i think it started like in the 50s and okay. it's gotten very evolved now Right, right. So there's been people engineering strains of coffee for for quite a while. It's like it's it's fascinating like, yeah. that I draw like so many similarities between coffee and wine. Cause wine, back in like World War Two times, there was this bug um, called 
phylloxera or something that yeah. killed all the grapes, all the vines, like yeah, they would yeah. be dead. And then this one smart guy, he just took like a grafting from uh, American um, species of grape and then just planted in Europe and it was problem solved, <laughs> you know, and it's like, yeah, man, it's the The funny same. thing about coffee is nobody considered that coffee would be a connoisseur <laughs> thing, you know, like yeah. we, it was something it was brown water in your cup. It woke you up yeah, and a, you didn't have that much expectations from it. And then suddenly it just like exploded with people experimenting and like roasting the coffee very lightly, uh, growing it at, at better, higher altitudes and uh, fermenting it similar to the way wine is fermented. And this just yeah. created a, like coffee is not what we thought it was way back when. Yeah, way back it was just like you just got to get caffeinated up and then I'm good to go. You know, you go somewhere people give you another cup of coffee you're like, "No, I'm already caffeinated up. I'm I'm good." Like, yeah, it's fine. But <laughs> but this I can I can just keep going and going and going, you know, until I just finish my stash of geisha. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you you have to we we have to get you a stash of geisha f mm. to begin with. Mm. So All when right, when you're drinking that the first taste you had, what what did you feel? It's it's light, you know. It's more yeah. delicate. You don't like when you have like typical coffee. It's very heavy on the palate. This one is like it's light. It's like dancing around, you know. The the it's like feather, um, and then you start to get like all these notes on the finish, which is fascinating like mm -hmm. I, i'm getting i just got this herb which is like i'm not sure what herb it is but it's the kind of herb that is used in cooking yeah very exotic herbs as well yeah. not not like parsley or thyme or rosemary yeah. it's it's something else man yeah, I, I couldn't i couldn't figure out what it was i i thought i was tasting like some sort of like tree bark or something or some yeah. kind of chinese medicine or yeah something. yeah i think there's one curry called um which yeah. i think they use a tree bark like yeah. literally they throw a tree bark in into the curry and as my brain began to make sense of it all these other flavors came up all these sweetnesses this like uh molasses combined with some fruit and all this really strange stuff mm. i mean and it's great man. yeah it's challenging yeah then you have coffee kombucha as well Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. it's like double fermented coffee kombucha this is really good all right we're done let's have some uh another swig of whiskey all right Okay, this is also the good stuff. Wow. Coffee and whiskey. Oh my god. I yeah, I'm just gonna. Yeah. I think I'm just. <laughs> <laughs> so, what is this exactly? Where is it from? It's from Scotland. Single malt whiskey bottled from Hawkshead, distilled 18 November 1992. That's like a year like after I was born. Castring natural color, one of only 170 bottles. So it's also really like rare and uh, really limited bottling. 
it's so good like i don't know when i get to the point mm-hmm. like where i start sipping on like straight whiskey you don't get there you know you you start yeah. with like coca-cola you start yeah. with when well, you know soda like the ties we ties we love to have whiskey with sodas but, yeah yeah but for me i think to have it straight and neat is uh it's like the west best way to do it you know yeah you know you gotta go it's funny that the tea gray coffee that we just had and this has some flavors really in common yeah it's, that's incredible really right? it's like what it's like there's like synergy right and i just had the coffee imagine you have two two glass just a glass of whiskey a glass of coffee and you go back and forth yeah. it's like wow have you had whiskey with chocolate uh yeah it's really great i, I do love that you yeah. love that yeah. i have some chocolate yeah. like some yeah. chocolate <laughs> yeah yeah let's have some chocolate okay <laughs> stop stop the pot <laughs> well my while mike's away um we can quickly gossip him mention that uh if you haven't been to his restaurant it's highly recommended thank you have a, have a slice okay so here we go got my we've just had two mm. cups of coffee mm. <laughs> and now moving forward mm. with the chocolate mm. well definitely don't need dinner now mm. that's like dessert man yeah that's like wicked good yeah that's too good right yeah it's too good yeah man. how's that that's like next level flavors it's less like so i think we could make like a cocktail mix the, the gesha with the whiskey and yeah. chocolate 100 like, like I that think that would be amazing yeah it's i'm sure some some genius like already on it yeah coffee and spirits yeah coffee and spirits for sure <laughs> i can hear myself chew in the microphone it's pretty strange <laughs> oh man what an experience yeah yeah it's good stuff yeah to share it with you as well man like past she doesn't get this Give her time. Mm. Yeah, chewing in the mic. <laughs> it makes it even that much louder and better. Mm. <laughs> yeah, it's like, damn, it's like watching a TV show, you know? Yeah, I mean, this should be a TV show. You just sit around and watch people like drink all this stuff yeah eat. drink all the good stuff it's like anthony bourdain back in the days yeah he would go places meet these new people have their food and it'll be like he will have like the best like narrative for it he mm-hmm. has like he he yeah. he's 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 wrote books right so yeah. obviously he's very articulate and his thoughts like he know the exact word to use yeah. to describe things yeah. like just he's just like an out oh, this world talent you know so i think if you're like a foodie like he's probably on the top of your list of people you wish you had a chance to have a meal with yeah yeah, yeah like you the, know the thing i heard him say on a lot of his shows was the thing he hates more than anything else is soulless food soulless food yeah he's like he's like i don't care what it is if somebody puts their heart into it and 
use his passion on it, he'll appreciate it. But when somebody puts puts something in front of him that's just like completely I, soulless, yeah, he, it's like to him that was like the lowest form of, of food. Yeah. Ah, yeah. oh. oh, but then man, he uh, he man. God rest his soul, man. Yeah, He's just one yeah. of the greatest characters ever, ever yeah. in the culinary world. Yeah, my heart sank like when when I when I heard he committed suicide and all that stuff. But like, it's real, man. People get depressed, you know. Like even yeah. even Bourdain, like he's like he's the last person you think is gonna get depression, you know, just because of how much of he he, he, he sees yeah. the world in, in but, such a way that you you wouldn't think he's he's gonna get depressed. That kind of clinical depression, you know, that can eat anyone. It's not a question of your willpower or anything. It's just literally when anyone who's ever felt any real kind of depression like that, you realize there's can be a point where, where you just can't get out of it anymore. Like people reach that point and, Oof. you know, it's very serious. Uh, yeah, it's very yeah. serious. It's like really, it's like a terrible sickness, man. Just eats you up. And you know, um, Dr. Jordan Peterson, Mm -hmm. I don't know if you know him, but like, heard, yeah. He, yeah, he is like a self-help guru, more or less, you know, like psychology and all that stuff. And like his wife got cancer and so he got depressed. So he got on a drug and then his wife recovers and he like, he cannot get off the drug, man. He is like stuck. He was stuck for like two years on the drug, trying to wean out the drug. He, was, he had to go to Russia, like all these different clinics and meet all the doctors. And man, it's you scary, know, it's scary shit, man. With, with addiction, your mind has like a barrier. And up until that point, you, you might have fun, you might be able to enjoy using different kinds of drugs or, or alcohol or things, but you can, you can smack that barrier and at some certain point, that barrier goes down, and and you're no longer using those chemicals the way you had previously. Something changed, and the yeah. way you react to them, and and it's a lot of good people met their demise. Yeah, all the famous yeah. people, like you know, I. I know I you know I have friends who who do drugs and I I am not judging and like it's just I don't know I think it's just it is it, it varies from person to person um the tolerances because I have friends who smoke up and they could function totally well yeah and not, not and me I can't do none of that yeah. no uh, man yeah. no no I'm like I would love to share a joint with you right now but I'm just gonna I'm completely non-functional user of any kind, any kind yeah <laughs> like alcohol is that's it alcohol and cigarettes man like yeah. right now that's all i've got you know <laughs> sadly like you know because <laughs> yeah man get me some lsd man <laughs> yep not gonna happen now <laughs> <laughs> i think it's too late like for me it's too late man no 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 just alcohol and coffee and chocolate and yeah yeah those were the days because oh, yeah. when I, I grew up, I was a child of the 60s. You know, I was, I was born in 1961. Yeah, you were born in the so, acid days, yeah, man. Yeah, so in my household, like, I grew up listening to, like, before I even knew what it was, listening to, like, Led Zeppelin and Jimi Hendrix and all this stuff. 
And at the time, like, I didn't know what it was right. until, like, in my teens when I rediscovered it again. But, man, I, I was under... I was aware of like Woodstock happening and, and I remember like everyone in my household like getting in a car and driving to see the Woodstock concert. And at that time like drugs and alcohol mm. were something, you know, it seemed like nobody knew the repercussions yet at that time, right? It just all seemed, all they saw was the upside. They didn't experience the downside. Come to the 70s. And it was all downside from that, right? Okay. Yeah, people realized, like, you know, they were, there were a lot of people got permanently damaged. Right. From, like, you know, using LSD, like, 100 nights in a row, yeah. following the Grateful Dead around. Yeah, your brain is, like, cooked, man. Cooked. Cooked. Cooked, cooked to the core. <laughs> cooked. Oh, my God. But yeah. to live in those era, it must have been, oh, wow, just fascinating. The acid, the, yeah. oh, man, the, the ecstasy, and, oh, my God. Yeah. You, know, you, I sur remember you survived. Like, you survived, Kenny. Yeah. <laughs> so, I guess I was about six or seven years old, and I was listening to the LP of Woodstock, the concert, mm -hmm. and the I think it was, like, six six-sided album or something like there's six l three lps okay and side six was Jimi hendrix and i, I would just listen to that over and over again there's mm -hmm. like one song the last song that they did before they ended was this is like a super S peaceful solo like a solo yes yeah, it's this really peaceful thing and like I, was, I don't know what i don't know why at like six years old i thought like i just couldn't stop listening to that Dude, if you appreciate yeah. Hendrix, like in your when you're six years old, man, like it's just like you're next level, bro. <laughs> At six years old, I was listening to like Boyzone, <laughs> like boy bands, Backstreet Boys, you know, Westlife. Well, you you came out okay, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> you yeah. survived. That was the pop band era, you know. It can't was blame a tough me. childhood, but you survived. Yeah, you can't blame me, dude. Like, man, <laughs> it was all over the place. <laughs> oh, Hendrix, though. Yeah, man. That oh. was some real stuff. He overdosed, didn't he? So they say. Some people say murder? CIA. CIA? Yeah, some people say there's, you know, Jim Morrison, Janis Joplin, Jimi Hendrix. Uh, they were talking Brian, to the Russians. Brian Jones. Were they talking to the Russians and the Cubans? Well, at that time, those people were so popular amongst young people that the government thought that they were you know very really dangerous right and um cer certain people i i don't believe it myself but some people believe that uh the government was really scared that these people were you know polluting the minds of the youth <laughs> the youth everything's about the youth but like holy shit like it's it's not that's some heavy ass conspiracy theory right yeah there. yeah that is that with, is with the u.s government is like it's always consp it's like it's always a conspiracy surrounding yeah. the government it's not yeah. like thailand okay okay two person disappears like against the government okay yeah we know what so it is something what yeah. ha something happened okay we know but with the u.s government you yeah. like it's always like you know it's always on the fence you don't yeah. really know what happened maybe they were like just so neat about how they do things yeah you know people are still talking about the world trade center being like you know, the Tower 6 or Tower 7, government blew it up and all that shit happened. Yeah, I'm not really, I'm not a conspiracy theorist. 
at all. Yeah, it's like, just a but, rabbit hole, you know. But some people really go down that road. <laughs> and uh, I have to say, I read a lot of books, and, and I've read a lot of books of, uh, you know, alternative history, like people who <laughs> rewrite history, like, you know, as a, you know, artistically, creatively, not, not, to, not to say it's real. They're not trying to say, like, this is real, but, like, okay. like, alternative history, it's like a sort of a sub division of sci-fi you could say okay and it's really interesting uh there's a book by stephen king about the john f kennedy murder oh, where right. where he goes goes back in time somehow he gets back in time and he tries to change the 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 murder and he's never able to do it he keeps trying all these ways to find a way to subvert uh, yeah. the guy who, who was supposed to have, have killed him. What's his name? Oswald something, yeah, right? Yeah, Lou, Lou Harvey Oswald? Lou, something? Yeah, something, something, like, right? something Oswald. Like yeah. They say he couldn't have possibly... like. Yeah. That that one, I, I'll buy the conspiracy theory on that one. Yeah, because yeah. Kennedy was like, he was funded by the mob. Yeah. Like, that's, that's all you need yeah. to know, you know? Like, I watched I, the movie Irishman and I'm like, okay, man, Kennedy is like... He was funded by the mob, and then I think it went along the lines of like he didn't want to do what the mob wanted him to do, and then that was that. Yeah, that, that that's one I, I definitely think for people who in, in Thailand who who aren't aware, John F. Kennedy was a president of the United States. He was doing a motorcade tour of Dallas, Texas, and he was murdered. Uh, a gunpoint in the back of his limousine next to his wife yeah. it's a horrendous scene caught on film with his bullet going into his skull and blowing his head apart yeah. onto his wife and everything that happened after that was just this unreal it's like so much evidence but none of it was provable it was incredible the CIA, yeah. the FBI. Yeah. It there was, was just there was a, a lot of funny business on it was that. It like a yeah. huge cover-up, man. The great cover-up, you know? I think it was two shots. I think the first shot hit him in the chest. <laughs> and then his wife was just like, oh, what's going on? And then the second shot like blew his yeah, brains yeah, out, dude. Yeah. Like, just man. And that's another thing. Like, you know, I was really young when that happened. I, I don't think I remembered that one. But his brother also got murdered. Bobby Kennedy Robert and, right yeah Robert Kennedy and that I remember watching our black and white TV right we had black and white TV at that time and watching the whole funeral procession and that was like you know as a kid that was a, a kind of like a moment where it's like wow something big is happening here yeah, right? anything yeah. anything can happen like yeah. anything can happen like, <laughs> if you can yeah too. I don't know man just it's unthinkable like someone shooting trump or shooting joe biden yeah. right in this day and age it's tough to imagine like the the president the yeah. the protests yeah. the protests going down and the people who you who you who deserve to be murdered never get murdered <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah that's <laughs> life is not fair yeah so my advice is don't get murdered mm. Don't you know, don't don't piss people off. Don't get murdered. Yep, piss people off. Yeah. All right, Kenny, we're good, huh? Yeah, I think so. Cheers. Co covered the, some strange ground the, on that one. Yeah, that, <laughs> hey, dude, it was a nice podcast, bro. We did thirty minutes. Yeah, it's like amazing. Good, good catching up with you, man. 
Likewise. All right. See you, everybody. Okay, take care. Thanks for listening.